Welcome to Black Family Table Talk. We are your hosts, Tony and Tony. Listen in weekly as we discover ways to build a strong Black family. What are we going to discuss today, Tony? Today we're going to continue our discussion on fake intimacy leading to infidelity. Yes, we got some really good feedback last week from last week's podcast. And um, people were really, really intrigued by the discussion, and uh, it's a good one. Yes, yes, I would definitely say. Let's start off with the scripture and how the different stages of sin. Mm. And we can find that in James 1, verses 14 and 15. And I'm reading the New Living Translation. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Different stages of sin, as it says, it comes from your own desires. And we had several podcasts over the past couple of weeks when we talked about insisting on our own way. Mm -hmm. Those things can lead to temptations and the counterpart to that is being a blessing for each other and wanting to meet the needs of our partner right so those high those are the ways you stay grounded and stay in tuned and help grow your intimacy within your marriage right but when you have your own desires as something that you insist on that's when things can happen temptation is birth yeah, I agree. We we got a lot of questions about what is an emotional affair. So I wanted to talk more about that this week so we can clarify. Before we even experienced anything, we had never heard of it. We, exactly. we didn't know. I mean, that there's an automatic assumption that if you're not, if it's not sexual, then it's not an affair. Right. You're faithful. Right. But there are, yeah. So let's talk more about what constitutes an emotional affair. Well, let me share a story about um, my emotional affair and how distractions and different phases of marriage. And we were going through a phase. We were empty nesting and we didn't work on our marriage as we we discussed last week. And that can lead to destruction because you, because I found someone else I wanted started spending more time with and it started out as friendship and as things continue on I started revealing more information about things that were going on in our home um, in particular you know what was happening with our son and it took me a while to understand the difference because not all affairs are sexual. Um, you can have an emotional affair, an emotional relationship with someone by my increased interaction. And it starts off innocent, you know, had a friend and started out pl- platonic. And as time went by, I started spending more time talking on the phone, more time texting. And before you know it, I started to have feelings uh, for this person. And that's how it all starts. Uh, and I was telling myself that nothing was going on because, you know, we wasn't having sex. We were just hanging out. And, you know, we're going to talk about it later in the podcast about how things grow from a platonic relationship to a relationship 
that can be considered an emotional affair or emotional relationship based on increase of activity. And I find myself in an emotional relationship and didn't realize it. And it took away from the intimacy of our marriage because I was distracted. And you can't have intimacy. I can't have intimacy with my wife if I'm constantly thinking about someone else. And that's the start. And, and you know, you realize something was going on. And, um, you, you know, you asked me to, to pull back. And I was adamant about, you know, there's nothing going on. You know, we're just friends. You know, what, 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 what are you talking about? So until I started looking at the signs, I realized what was actually happening. Because while it was going on, I had, I was denying it. I, I was like, no, ain't nothing really going on here. You know, we're just hanging out. But as I did the research and I started going down the list, I was able to check off quite a few of them. It's like, oh, wow, that's, that, yeah, I can see. I can really see what's happening here. And once I realized that, I was able to reverse course. But we went through a lot of uh, up and downs, a lot of um, disagreement, arguing, and I was defending you know, the, the relationship. And, um, you know, once, you know, I realized what's going on, the damage was, was, was done because, you know, it was a tough time for our marriage. And it took us some time to get back together again because of the uh, emotional affair. So, um, you know, so we're just here to share, you know, our story about recognizing what emotional affairs and emotional relationships are so that we recognize that we can do something about it. Yeah. I definitely want to save a couple some steps if you haven't breached this dilemma in your marriage already um, because it's something that I never would have thought that we would have an experience. But studies show one in four marriages I believe it's more than that. One in four marriages deal with some type of infidelity. Uh, with a 60 to 70% divorce rate, uh, I definitely believe that. The first question would be how many people have experienced an emotional affair or micro-cheating, as the term goes. Um, and that's a term that I recently learned about in researching in stages of infidelity and stages of cheating. Um, when it was revealed that you were involved in, in this emotional affair, it was really hard for me to grasp it. Um, and I had a textbook response. Um, and I was just looking at this, this article from Dr. Shirley Gra uh, Glass, and she talks about the stages for a cheated partner. So in response to my realizing that this was the situation that I'm in, even though you were denying it, I had to recognize that this was real. And because it's hard, it's hard to recognize because you think you think you're going crazy. Like, am I crazy? Am I, especially when you're so adamant about 
it not being what what I felt it was. So I definitely went through a period of it says numbness, relief, obsession, and endless questioning. That was my um, definitely my textbook response, and I felt numb because I, I felt like um, I wanted to push myself into feeling numb because I didn't want to feel the pain. And I always say this as an artist, we are all hypersensitive. Uh, we've been, it's a gift and a curse. I, I'm super sensitive to feeling. So I feel really, I love really hard. I care a lot and, and I hurt badly. So I had to press it through. I had to press it through and I wrote a book. Writing was my way of pushing that, that pain through. Um, and then the second thing that I experienced was relief. Um, and, and that might be, um, surprising to, to people because, but I did experience relief because I realized that it wasn't me, that I wasn't crazy. I wasn't going crazy, that it really was true. And then it explained so many things that in my mind and my heart, my spirit were unexplainable. And then the third thing I went through, I went through an obsession. And um, that's when you do the phone thing, going through all phone. And that's when I really realized the extent of it. I spent hours pouring over phone records and going through whatever evidence that I could find that pinpointed time frame where things went without explanation. And then finally, um, questioning. And I think that that was the hardest part because because I used to be um, a prosecutor's detective. I'm, I have that kind of like that interrogative um, sense. And you felt as though that my questions were were framing and that was created huge clashes in our communication because of my manner of questioning and really what it did was um it just built the wall even farther between us because um there was a deluge of questions that really left both of us exhausted there's they say there are two types of betrayed spouses and they said the one that doesn't want to know anything they just and they just don't want to know and then the one who wants to know every single detail and I realized that I was the one that wanted to know every single detail so needless to say that was absolutely um I keep using the word devastating but I I think devastation is not a strong enough word uh, to to really express what I was feeling. It was more desperation than devastation. And um, like I described before, I felt like I was in a sinking place falling and I would not wish this on my worst enemy. Uh, it's, it's, it's painful to relive it. It's painful to know that I hurt you. So it's not a good feeling to relive it, but you know, pushing through so that we can help 
you know, other families that may be dealing with some of the same issues. Because I think these are things that creep up on you because, it, you know, crept up on us um, out of nowhere. And um, you have to deal with it. And if you don't deal with it properly, you can end up in divorce court very quickly because a lot of emotions go up and down and feelings are hurt and you know you feel accused you feel blamed and you know we went through all those different emotions as we were um dealing with this issue you you left for four months and you wrote a book um you know dealing with it it was something that was hard for you to deal with so you know, that's that's all I have to say. You know, that's what I'm thinking about as as you were talking. You know, we're on the other side of it now, but it was it was hard. It was a long struggle up that hill. When something's revealed that you did not expect to happen, and you had different expectations of what our marriage was, and then when something is revealed like this, you find out that it's not necessarily what I thought it was. Wow. That's a, that's, a, that's a blow. I think that was the hardest part for me uh, because I had an assumption in my mind that we were at a state where we were. And I thought that we were, or we at least agreed since the kids were gone, this was going to be our time. So, um, you know, we, we had recognized that the, that the road had been rough, that we needed to, to rebuild and start a new chapter and we had agreed and just and talked about that so you know we both had made many mistakes and we we had we had agreed that this was going to be different it, since the kids were gone we were talking about traveling etc cetera, etc cetera. so when i found out i was like he all the things we talked about everything we uh, that our mutual goal would be, I felt as though you were, you weren't there. You weren't really committed to that because you had this, um, this side relationship. Um, and I, and they, they call it a side relationship, but I remember one of the counselors that we went to said, you have to think of your marriage as a circle and you and your spouse are in that circle. Not even the children are in that first circle. And then the outer circle, you put your children in. And then that outer circle, outside that, you put your extended family and friends in. And I remember the counselor saying, you're not supposed to let anybody penetrate those circles. So family and friends have their boundaries. And then when you have your nuclear family, um, the best husband, wife, and children, then that's another boundary that you don't let family and friends into. And then you have your, the center of that, which is the man and the woman, the husband and wife, and that boundary. So, so we had already agreed that the children had penetrated that inner circle. And so I thought we were rebuilding from that um, because we had focused so much on them and their well-being and their growth. I think what was the most difficult for me was realizing that A, they had penetrated that boundary and B, we had not modeled well. We, we had not modeled our relationship for them well. That was very difficult for me. Um, getting back to Dr. Shirley Glass, she talks about four 
stages of reaction once the the cheating partner is confronted. And she lists denying first. And again, this was a textbook experience for us. And then partial admissions. And then straight out lying, um, especially if there's sexual involvement. And then gaslighting. And that's when... um, you get framed as being crazy or um, not being realistic where, where the person turns the fingers away from you, from, from themselves to, to the betrayed partner. And we, and we went through all of that. I think that's what's so really freaking hard about not only as a betrayed spouse that I have to deal with acknowledging the fact that you were having an affair, but also I had to deal with all of the denying and the gaslighting. And that was actually just making everything just so much worse. And it's like a drip, drip of the truth coming out. And as I learned later, it's typical and it's behaviorally typical, um, but doesn't it doesn't make it easier to go through. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad we're able to share uh, our experience going through this and um, would definitely recommend that anybody that goes through this or suspects that they may be going through this. Oh, before before I get to that, I really want to share that for a woman, it doesn't matter. Or for me, it didn't matter whether the affair was emotional or sexual. As a matter of fact, it probably would have been easier for me, and studies show that I'm not alone in this feeling, that the affair had been sexual. Because then that just made it, that would make me feel that it didn't have anything to do with me. Where I felt inadequate was in recognizing that the affair was emotional. So the sex part to me was just, it might as well just have happened because it didn't hurt any, any less. And I think for men, or why don't you speak on behalf of men? What do you think? Speaking for myself, cross the line is sex. That's 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 the bottom line. Um, anything else probably can go. And I know now that that's not the case because anything that distracts from our union is a negative. The two emotions can't coexist and have a successful marriage. I think it's important to build your marriage and be becoming as one. It's hard to do if you are emotionally tied up somewhere else. And that's probably my biggest takeaway from this whole experience, that it's important to establish boundaries so that you're aware when things are crossed. I wasn't aware at the time that I was crossing, blurring the lines of a platonic relationship over into an emotional relationship. You know, some of the telltale signs, did some research, and here are 14 things that may be a clue that you may be entering an emotional, an affair, emotional relationship. Number one, you can't stop thinking about the person. Number two, you find yourself comparing a person to your partner. Number three, the time you spend together is increasing. Number four, you find yourself sharing intimate details. Number five, you hide the relationship from your partner. Number six, 
You dress up before you see that person. Number seven, intimacy with your partner decreases. Number eight, you share frustration about your partner. Number nine, you really understand each other. Number 10, you start contacting each other outside of friendship hours. Number 11, they give you butterflies. Number 12, it is difficult to concentrate when the other person is around. Number 13, you start having fantasies or dreams. And finally, number 14, you will be upset if the situation were reversed. That's Black Family Table Talk. That's what's up. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Black Family Table Talk. We pray that you heard some principles put into your strong Black Family toolbox. Be sure to tune in next week and remember, sharing is caring. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and visit our website at blackfamilytabletalk.com. Look for special discounts and ways to be part of the Black Family Table Talk community. As a part of our mission to do our part to strengthen black families, we endorse small black-owned businesses. This is our way of strengthening black families economically. This week's Small Black Business Spotlight is on... Family, I urge you to check out my new book, Let It Go. It's a short read and many are claiming they can't put it down. It also made number one in two categories on Amazon. Visit BlackFamilyTableTalk.com on the products page for more details. I pray you too get inspired. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowances made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comments, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. The news and opinions expressed on Black Family Table Talk do not necessarily reflect various platform hosts. All topics are for entertainment purposes only. Discretion is strongly advised and all commentary is alleged. This is a Micah 68 Media LLC production.